Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Backyard Poultry with the Chicken Whisperer, brought to you by Kalmbach Feeds. Join Andy Schneider, National Spokesperson for the USDA APHIS Avian Health Program, Editor-in-Chief of Chicken Whisperer Magazine, and author of The Chicken Whisperer's Guide to Keeping Chickens, Chicken Fact or Chicken Poop, and Zero Waste Chicken Keeping, as he welcomes top poultry veterinarians, poultry scientists, and poultry nutritionists to discuss the hot topics in the poultry world today and provide science-based, fact-based, study-based information to help you raise the healthiest poultry possible. And now, here's your host, Andy Schneider. All righty. Thank you very much for tuning in today to Backyard Poultry with the Chicken Whisperer. We have a great show lined up for you today. As always, today's topic is Molting 101. My special guest will be, of course, Dr. Bridget McRae, Ph.D., and we'll be talking, or she'll be talking and teaching us all about molting 101. I wanted to do this show primarily because, well, tis the season, but also because it tis the season. Um, there's a lot of misinformation out there on the chicken blogs and, of course, the chicken forums uh, and the chicken threads and things like that from uh, what, what do I need to do to uh, plump up my chickens for the winter or, hey, what, what can I do to increase their protein during the winter or during the molt? Uh, and then, of course, the number one answer from a lot of novice chicken keepers that don't know any better is, of course, cat food. And then, of course, that goes down another uh, rabbit hole of, well, do I do dry cat food? or wet cat food and how much cat food do I give and all of this nonsense. So we really wanted to uh, review Molting 101 again and give folks kind of a, an idea of what it is, uh, why it happens, what the goal is, and then what as chicken keepers we need to do for our flock. Now I can tell you that uh, over the years of keeping many, 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 many birds, um, I don't do a thing. Uh, and I feel like our our feeding program here is for the most part overseen uh, by Dr. McRae and poultry nutritionist, um, and people have reviewed what we do. We've we've consulted with them before, and we don't do a thing. We don't uh, certainly don't give them cat food, and we certainly don't do anything really special. Um, and my theory there, and we'll talk about it today, is that molting is. A natural process for the bird. Birds, uh, chickens specifically, uh, have been molting for thousands and thousands of years uh, successfully without human intervention, especially not cat food. So uh, we're going to be talking about that here during the entire show. And uh, But first, we'll have some announcements to get through, and then we'll bring on our good friend, poultry scientist, Dr. Bridget McRae. I want to remind everybody that registration for Cooptastic 2020 is still ongoing, and um, we've got a ton of vendors that have signed up. We're, we're really excited about that, and we have tons of folks signed up, and th- th- we've got folks signed up coming all the way from California, from Washington State, from Wisconsin, South Carolina, Texas, really the, the entire United States. We've got folks flying in, driving in. Maybe some will hitchhike. Maybe some will Uber, but they are coming in to uh, learn more about their backyard flocks from the experts. When I say experts, we've got nine experts in their field from three major poultry science universities, Auburn University, North Carolina State uh, University, and of course, University of Georgia. These are poultry nutritionists, poultry veterinarians, poultry scientists. They're going to be teaching us how to care for our chickens better um, and keep and, and do what we can to keep a healthy flock of uh, chickens. Got to love it. Listen to this. <laughs> Are you one of the many Americans that keep backyard poultry? Do you want to give your birds the best care possible? The Chicken Whisperers Cooptastic 2020 Conference will teach you how, plus more too. 
Cooptastic will be February 21st, 22nd, and 23rd, 2020 at the beautiful Alabama 4-H Conference Center near Birmingham, Alabama. Educational programs by poultry scientists, veterinarians, and nutritionists, plus fun activities give you an unforgettable experience. Conference packages are available from just for a day to the full experience with meals, entertainment, and lodging. The all-inclusive package is an amazing value at around $300. On-site lodging is limited, so reserve your spot as soon as possible. Visit www.chickenwhisperer.com today for more details. All righty, and um, a faster website, I guess, to get right to that would be cooptastic2020.com. Cooptastic2020.com. We have a great all-inclusive package that includes two-night hotel, all your meals, all your entertainment, um, lots of fun. Um, it's going to be fantastic. Um, and, of course, the nine sessions uh, of expert speakers teaching us all kinds of topics, $299. You can't beat that with a stick, folks. It is fantastic. Um, that is actually less than what it actually cost uh, for you to go. But we are basically, I guess, subsidizing that, if you will, with uh, a lot of funds we're getting from the vendors themselves. So it's, it's you're you're paying less than what it actually cost at two ninety nine. Register today. Come on out. It's going to be so much fun, uh, and you'll be surrounded by chicken lovers just like yourself. So uh, cooptastic twenty twenty dot com. The other thing I want to share with you is I'm really excited. I'm really pumped about the winter issue of Chicken Whisperer magazine. Um, I've got, I think, for the most part, everything is completed as far as getting the topics out. I've got one more topic that I need to assign. Um, <coughs> but other than that, let me kind of give you a heads up because it's, I guess it's going to be called our, our kind of our yearly health uh, issue, which is going to be fantastic. But I want to give you at least uh, some of the uh, – uh, heads up on what you'll see in the winter issue. So number one, Dr. McRae, who will be joining us today, she's going to be writing an article about how much uh, calcium is too much calcium and the negative effects of too much calcium. Because uh, I wanted to do that because we often see folks that, that they, you know they're giving their nutritionally balanced feed, and then they're giving all this oyster shell, then they're giving all these eggshells, and then they're doing everything else to give too much calcium. Um, we, we hear a lot with uh, certain treats that are higher in calcium. So how much is too much calcium for our birds? And uh, if we are giving too much, how harmful can that be? So that's going to be an article really looking forward to in the winter issue of Chicken Whisperer magazine. Uh, Dr. Zach Williams up at um, uh, Michigan, he's going to be, he's a PhD, he's going to be doing uh, kind of the uh, same article but a different topic. How much protein is too much protein and the negative effects of too much protein? So we're really looking forward to that because, again, uh, Dr. McRae is going to talk about it today because right now we've seen a ton of it, so we need to address it. That's why it's going to be in the magazine. Uh, hey, we've heard comments like, how do I fatten up my chickens for the winter. Yeah, this is not a pig or a cow. This is a bird. Um, we've seen uh, how can I increase their protein over the winter? Uh, how much protein? Uh, they need extra protein because they're molting, and then they start giving cat food. They start giving all this other stuff. Uh, and some people have even, I was researching today, have given uh, game bird feed and game bird starter at like 28 and 30% protein for these, these standard laying birds. Um, so Zach's going to be talking about how much protein is too much protein and the negative effects uh, of that uh, in the winter issue of Chicken Whisper magazine. And then really excited, um, poultry veterinarian Dr. Pateski is going to be doing an article on uh, the rise of fatty liver disease in backyard flocks because um, <coughs> I personally have contacted uh, several. We've heard from other vets that, that come on the show and write for the magazine that, yes, the state – the state poultry diagnostic labs are seeing an increase <coughs> pardon me, of um, fatty, liver, fatty liver disease in these backyard flocks, mainly due to excess treats, uh, but maybe some just issue uh, nutritional issues. So um, he's going to be doing a story, uh, an article on that for winter issue, which is going to be fantastic. We're going to have a great giveaway, a great contest. We're going to have a great product review from uh, Lisa Pedro down in Florida, who does all of our uh, product reviews, but we're really looking forward to this winter issue coming out. It's going to be fantastic. 
I'm making sure all of the articles are pertinent and current with what we're seeing out there in social media regarding backyard uh, and small flock poultry. So it's, it's going to be a fantastic article. I'm really excited about that. So as we move on, uh, those are pretty much the announcements that I wanted to make today. Um, I am going to very quickly so we can get into this topic of molting 101 and i want to go straight through into our second commercial break i think i'm going to go ahead normally i wait until about 20 25 past the hour but i'm going to go ahead and go to our first commercial break and get that out of the way <clears throat> and then we'll bring on dr mccray and we'll get it right into this molting 101 where we can she can share the good the bad and the ugly with what we're seeing on social media today uh with molting and and, and tips and tricks that uh don't need to be uh really don't need to be followed that we're seeing out there so hey we're going to go to commercial break stay with us we'll be back right after this with molting 101 with poultry scientist dr mccray when you need an incubator think brincy the incubation specialists brincy has been a world-leading manufacturer of quality incubators for almost 40 years they manufacture incubators that hold anywhere from 7 to 380 eggs with high-quality electronic and digital controls, including precise humidity controls and programmable egg turning, all at surprisingly affordable prices. Enter the coupon code WHISPER at checkout and receive 10% off your entire order. Order your new incubator today at Brincy.com. That's B-R-I-N-S-E-A.com. Sweet PDZ has been keeping horse stalls ammonia-free and healthy for nearly 33 years. However, ammonia is ammonia, regardless of the species producing it. Therefore, it will do the same great job in your chicken coops and brooders. Sweet PDZ safeguards flock health by neutralizing and eliminating harmful levels of ammonia and odors. Safe and effective moisture absorption. All-natural, non-toxic, premium-grade zeolite mineral. Contains no masking scents or chemical perfumes. Safe and beneficial to dispose with waste on compost and gardens. Learn more at SweetPDZ.com. That's SweetPDZ.com. Since 1921, Stromberg's has been a family-owned and operated business providing quality poultry and poultry supplies to their customers. Today, the Stromberg's family offers over 200 different breeds of poultry, including chickens, waterfowl, and game birds. They also offer poultry supplies for both the beginner and experienced poultry keeper. Stromberg should be on the top of your list when it's time to order your new day-old baby chicks and poultry supplies. Order online today at StrombergsChickens.com. That's StrombergsChickens.com. At Kambach Feeds, our layer pellets and crumbles are all-natural, antibiotic-free with no animal byproducts. Formulated just for laying hens, our feed is fortified with essential amino acids and calcium to ensure maximum production of nutritious, tasty, strong-shelled eggs. From our family to yours, feed your hens the way nature intended. Pure, wholesome, goodness. Kalmbach Feeds. Find a dealer at KalmbachFeeds.com. That's K-A-L-M-B-A-C-H, Feeds.com. Or order your layer pellets and crumples today on Amazon.com. Kalmbach Feeds is a proud sponsor of The Chicken Whisperer. Let's talk about, oh, thank you for the book that I got uh, about the poultry, commercial poultry oh, production. And, um, I thought yes. that would uh, tickle your fancy. Yeah. Absolutely, I'm. 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 We've got the big collection here, right here. We're, we're at the, my workstation. I just have to. The hard part is now trying to find to, time to flip through and uh, continue to educate. <laughs> You're not educate gonna myself. flip through that. You're gonna <laughs> wade through that. You know, some some students. That's their textbook, man. That thing's like four inches thick and. Yeah, that's, that's uh, yeah. Uh, you're right. I, uh, there won't be any flipping through that. That's for sure. So, uh, but thank you for sending <laughs> that over to me. I love it. Um, Malting 101. Um, you may have uh, missed out a little bit from my my initial introduction about this. Uh, why are we doing this show? It well, it needs to be done. It is the season, if you will. And then, of course, all of the misinformation that's out there on the blogs and forums and, and chicken pages and whatnot about the Malting 101 from 
I need to fatten up my chickens for the winter, like it's a cow or a hog or something. And, um, <laughs> yeah. and, then, and then throwing all this, throwing all this protein to them and then, you know, including cat food. You've addressed that on a Facebook live. We did once about the cat food issue, but still that is so it's, it's almost becoming cult like, if you will, that every oh, yeah. single year, yeah. every single year, just well, go in some cat food. Because oh, and people one more have taken chickens and kind of made them pets, just like dogs and cats. All the the falsehoods associated with people going overboard with dogs and cats and how they feed them, how they treat them, it's just translated to the same bad management practices with poultry. Gotcha. So, I've, you know, I've everything in moderation. Said, yeah, yeah. And I, and I had someone say, well, hey, they were kind of on the right track. They said, well, I'm going to increase my protein. But I'm going to give them something designed for poultry, so they they're kind of on the right track there. But they were just giving their their everyday egg layer in their backyard uh, game bird starter through the winter at thirty percent, thirty thirty percent protein. Yeah, game, they no. were saying, oh, it's, it's designed for poultry though, Doctor McRae, so it must be okay. Yeah, but, Even yeah, <laughs> no, no, stop doing that. You're hurting them. <laughs> so let's let's um let's. We'll start where you want to start with, whether it's the history of molting, the what is molting, why they molt, the, our, our yeah, goal with molting. Yeah, let's start with what molting is. Yeah. So, um, you know, historically speaking, before the chicken was our, you know, egg-laying backyard princes and princesses that they are, you know, they were birds wandering around <coughs> in the wilds of the bamboo jungles in Southeast Asia. Mm-hmm. And so the purpose for birds, not just poultry, but birds to replace their feathers is to get rid of old, damaged, worn out feathers and replace them with new, fresh, pretty, gleaming feathers that can affect um, how they appear, their health appearance to the rest of um, the birds that they interact with, whether they're chickens or they're they're sparrows or whatever birds. Um, Of course, for some birds that are on the wing for most of their lives, they have to time this just right. They have to time it for a period of time when they're going to be on the ground. And for female birds, that's usually when they're sitting on a nest or if the duties of nest, um, nest care is shared, then it's the male and the female. Yeah, I'm kind of getting a weird buzzing sound. Can Interesting. You hear that, okay. I cannot. Right. Let me go ahead and try something. How about? No, it stops. It stops. Okay, good. Um, so you know, you have to think about it. If it's a chicken versus, say, you know, a sparrow or something like that. Chickens are ground birds. Yes, they have short bursting flights. Um, it does not behoove any of these birds to completely drop uh, any of these birds to completely drop their feathers and replace them because anytime you expose any part of the body um, in large quantities to the sun or the cold, and then the bird can't thermoregulate very well because feathers are great insulators. Mm-hmm. They keep the cold out and they keep the the, the heat out and keeps the, the heat against the body during cold weather and, um, you know, keeps the cold at bay. So if you're thinking like a bird, like a chicken, um, feathers have a couple of purposes. They advertise your health and they advertise your access to um, beneficial territory. So if your chicken has feathers that are in great condition, um, that are shiny and healthy, that says to other chickens, you're not parasite, parasite-ridden, yay, and that you, are, uh, you have access to adequate resources, such as food and water. So if you're looking to join that flock and all the chickens look like absolute crud, hmm, <laughs> Yeah, eventually you're going to look like absolute crud too. So <laughs> you might want to move on. And in the backyard flock system, we don't really give chickens that choice. 
They are forced <laughs> to live with what we give them. So make sure it's good, folks. <laughs> and um, so, you know, it, you may think your chickens look great, but, you know, they need to have glossy, high glossy feathers. They need to have, um, uh, you know, good um, strength to the feathers. They should be zero signs of external parasites on the birds. But eventually, every year the feathers get worn out and the chickens eventually will start dropping. Now, there's a couple of different ways that chickens do this. Um, Either they're one of your superstar rock star chickens that are in your flock, and they're called late molters, which means they're going to keep laying and 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 laying. And then all of a sudden their bodies are like, I need a break. And they stop laying and start replacing feathers because a chicken can't do both. They have to either lay eggs or make feathers. Because both are very energy expensive for that body. Okay. Uh, so your late molters are going to lay like gangbusters, be your you know champions of the coop yard, and then they're gonna stop. And then you've got your your less than rock star chickens that are just kind of like, mm, okay, I'm not gonna lay much right now. I'll drop a few feathers. When they start early and so they're called you know, they're like leisurely layers. Um they're not really good egg producers. They're not really fast molters. And they can drag this stuff out over weeks into <laughs> months. And you're just like, come on. So, and and this can actually, you know, you can see this happening sometimes, even into the winter months. And some of them, some of them are going to take four to six months. So they're going to be like, you know, the essence of mediocrity (laughs) with regard to laying eggs. And, you know, it's going to take them like half a year to get the job done as far as replacing their feathers. So... (laughs) Um, technically what's going on with molting and I'll get into um, you know your your late and early and fast and slow molders in just a minute Mm -hmm. but um, the feather follicle itself um, when it contains a feather an older feather one that's ready to be molted um, it starts to go undergo some changes and that follicle it's not unlike, you know, our hair follicles. There's a blood supply. There's a nerve supply. And um, through some changes in the chemistry of the bird, the hormone body chemistry of the bird, it starts to activate the production of a new feather through that follicle. But the old feather has to come out first. And so as that follicle starts to produce a new feather, it's going to push out the old feather. And sometimes with birds, that means what I used to call an explosion molt, where, you know, all of a sudden, you know, they over the last two weeks, the, the egg numbers go down to nothing on that bird. And then, you know, one day you come out there and there's like, you know, 20, 30 feathers out there. And then the next day, there's like a hundred. And, you know, you can rub your hands across the bird and, you know, feathers just come out. And they'll molt in very definite particular sections, one section at a time, following a particular pattern. And it's really quite humorous on a bird that is just giving it all <laughs> to make those feathers. Um, and, but when they're done, boy, those girls gleam, girls and boys, but we're talking about egg layers here. Um, so that new feather that as it's forming and is pushing up 
and out of the follicle, that feather is wrapped in a um, in kind of a, a flaky, almost see-through, a little bit whitish um, segment of the the follicle itself, and chickens will preen a great deal during the molting process because as those new feathers come out of the body, that hen is, you know, not only fiddling with the the old feathers to get them out of there, but the new feathers, um, she's actually stripping that that, um, thin paper-like membrane off of the new feathers. And we've talked about this uh, material in the past, Andy, mm-hmm. uh, with regard to Merrick's disease, that that membrane can actually contain Merrick's disease virus. So if your birds are young, if your birds are are near younger birds that haven't been vaccinated, um, as that material blows off of the bird in just its regular movements, the flapping of its wings, the, um, the a windy day, that material can actually be spread to other locations and other birds and potentially be infective. And there's nothing we can do about that. That's one of the reasons why Merrick's disease has such a, a worldwide distribution and so very effective in spreading itself. But... Um, as that feather is released from its uh, its follicle, and that um, that membrane, you know, is is shaken loose or pulled off by the bird or worked loose by you, the owner, that feather will start to unfurl, and the feather itself has several different modes of production, genetically speaking. There's a time for the the follicle to create the tip of the feather, which makes the shape that we all know, if it's male or if it's female. Mm-hmm. Then the follicle knows, all right, now I need to switch into uh, main feather shaft mode. And it starts to produce that mo- mode, and it starts to push that material out. And then eventually it, you know, starts to, to widen the quill or the shaft of the feather and starts to make the little fluffy parts, the fluffier portions. And the whole time it knows what pattern to make for that location of feather on the body or the breed and variety of chicken that you've got in that pen so that you get what is characteristic for that bird. So at the very end, of course, that shaft is going to be inserted into the feather follicle itself where there is still uh, nerve endings and musculature as well as um, in some of the larger feathers you'll have a very large blood supply but there is a blood supply and so if you haven't noticed Mm -hmm. if you're new to chicken keeping you know that that feather follicle um, that chicken can lift that whole set of feathers up and move them around and, and rouse themselves. And so all those things are affected during the molting process as a new feather is being made. But that feather maintains itself in that follicle until the following year when the whole process starts all over again. So, okay. uh, you know, I know a lot of your listeners really appreciate their birds. So, you know, next time they reach down and pick up a feather that's fallen off of their bird and they want to keep it in a um, in a vase at home, I hope they have a little greater appreciation for for that feather and what it took to make it and, um, you know, the process that the body went through to to create that feather for their enjoyment and for their display. So, uh, it so, sounds like it sounds like that from your explanation, you're – Really good layers seem to molt yes. let's, later. Let's go back to they, that. Okay, sure. Yes. So you've got your 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 lazy molters, and then you got your efficient molters. And the moral of the story there is, your efficient molters 
are your most typical if they're late if they're late molting they're going to be the birds that were laying up until you know time to molt and then they just get the job done fairly quickly mm-hmm. so okay. one of the things that you can do if you're not sure if Henny Penny out there is a late molter or an early molter, um, an early molter tends to be one that takes its time. It's one of those lazy molters. Um, you don't get a great number of eggs off of her. Um, so take a look at the wing. Pull that wing out. Take a look at the primary feathers. Now, which feathers are the primary feathers? So when you're looking at the wing, you've got two sets of feathers. You've got the secondary feathers, which you can see when the wing is folded up against the body. And you've got the primary feathers, which fold up underneath the secondary feathers. And the primary feathers are the ten feathers from the tip of the wing to the middle of the wing. And if you look carefully, there's a small feather right in between the primary and the secondary. It's called the axial feather. Your attention needs to be focused on the primary feathers. So as a chicken molts, they start with the primary feathers, with the feather closest to the axial feather, and then they start to molt gradually outwards towards the tip of the wing. So if you were opening up that feather, and it's really effective with a white bird, but you can do this with almost almost any breed, but you can see which feathers look newer. They should be all the same length unless the bird is actively molting and regrowing a new feather. Then that feather will probably be shorter than the rest. Uh, You might have to move some of the wing covert or the cover feathers Um, out of the way to see a new feather coming in but your late molting hens will lose their primary feathers um, in kind of groups of of two or three feathers Uh, you'll see the newest one is the is the shortest one Um, then you've got one that's probably you know Uh, a third of the length and then one that's two-thirds of the length um, as you work back towards the axial feather and you'll see that those birds um, you know they're they're trying to get the job done they're trying to get this done in in a a matter of um, you know maybe three or four weeks versus six months four to six months and the feathers look pretty and on a white bird those feathers look white like brand new white, they might even still have a bit of shine on them. Um, Old feathers are going to look a little ratty. Probably the tips are going to be beat up, might be dirty, might have evidence that an external parasite was there. And um, so you you can see on a bird that is, um, you know, uh, an efficient uh, molter, a late molter, um, she's gonna, she's gonna see. You're gonna see those groups of two or three feathers um, being replaced. Uh, you, it's not necessarily the same number on each side of the wing. So you know, if if you see something on on one side and you're not seeing anything on the other side yet, check both wings, right and left, and see if you can see anything. If you have a lazy molter. Um, this can be the bird that decides, okay, I'm going to start molting in September. But then come December, they're like, oh, geez, i got to get this done. And then they just start, you know, dropping everything to hurry up the process. And then, you know, that's when people freak out. Hey, it's December. My chicken's going to be cold. No, you just have a really lazy molter. And, you know, that's, that's not the kind of bird that – you know, folks want to deal with in commercial industry. Um, Uh That's why, and a lot of people, this was part of the decision why they wanted to raise backyard chickens is they didn't like the way commercial industry did things. But this is why commercial industry asked birds to molt all at the same time so that they didn't have to 
mess with the temperature in part of a building to accommodate this group of birds that's molting slower than another group of the birds in a different part of the building, that is a nightmare. If you're a manager, pretty much your ability to run things efficiently and profitably so that you can keep people employed, your family fed and clothed, not gonna not gonna work really well. <laughs> you might say bye bye to that farm and then what do folks do? But that's why things were done that way and force molting um is done significantly different today than it was 25 years ago. 25 years ago, they used to turn the lights off, turn the food off, maybe turn the water off, depends on how much of a stressor they wanted to do, and come back a week later, and if they were alive, they were alive, and then they started things back up slowly, gradually with the lighting system, and you know, today the birds always, 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 always have water, no doubt whatsoever. Always have, um, you know, some access to food. Although they designed the diet to um, take advantage of the bird's body needs at that time during a molt, so they'll give them a diet so they always are full and feel satiated. But it's not enough for them to continue laying eggs. So the bird's like, huh, all right, well, I guess I'll stop laying eggs. Okay. Well, while I'm doing that, I'll just make more feathers. (laughs) So that's what the birds do. (laughs) And there you have it. So, you know, it's, it's a, poultry nutritionists have quite the job. Um, But so if you have a a lazy molter, if you have a leisurely molter, and you're not sure if they're molting, you know, gradually, pick them up, take a look at those wing feathers every couple of weeks, and see if you don't spot a new feather growing in, or a newer feather or a feather that's in better condition than the rest. Again, Noting that they're going to start from, on those primary feathers, from that middle axial feather on out towards the tip. So if you're keeping this track in your mind and you're not sure if Henny Penny is actually growing in, you know, take a look and see if any of those feathers look new. Do it on a weekly basis. And just a quick check to see what's going on. And... This is about the time, Andy, that you like to go on a commercial break. So I thought I'd I do. let you go ahead and do that. <laughs> and maybe That's good. And while I'm on break, I'm gonna have you I'm gonna have you hang up and call back in. I have a message out to Lisa who's listening and uh, to see if she heard you breaking up or again it may just be on my end and only me, but I'm gonna have you hang up and call back in just in case it is an external issue. So, and then we'll go to break. So folks, thanks for tuning in. If you've missed anything or you're just tuning in, don't worry. The show will be archived as a podcast in its entirety, 10 to 15 minutes after the show ends today, we're going to our second commercial break. So stay with us. We'll be back with more Molting 101 right after this short break. Cackle Hatchery is a third generation family owned and operated hatchery. They offer over 193 varieties of poultry shipped directly from their facility in Missouri. It's their mission to enhance your life by providing you with quality poultry for showing, meat, enjoyment, eggs, and pets. They specialize in hatching purebred poultry and shipping day-old chicks right to your local post office since 1936. 4-H and FFA Youth Poultry Clubs get a 10% discount. Check out their website, CackleHatchery.com, for posted weekly specials and discounts. That's CackleHatchery.com. Come back. Come back, back. Come back. Come back. Come back, 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 back. From our family to yours, feed your chickens the way nature intended. Pure, wholesome goodness. Kalmbach Feeds. 
visit our website at kalmbachfeeds.com. That's K-A-L-M-B-A-C-H-Feeds.com. Or order today on Amazon.com. Kalmbach Feeds is a proud sponsor of The Chicken Whisperer. Hey, it's the Chicken Whisperer. If you're in the market for a new incubator, then look no further than GQF. They have a great selection of tabletop and cabinet-style incubators at prices you can afford. I love my GQF Genesis Model 1588. It has a large picture window and an automatic thermostat, which makes for a better hatch every time. Go pick out your new incubator at GQFradio.com. That's GQFradio.com. Metzer Farms is now hatching and shipping the premier egg layer. This girl is consistently laying jumbo eggs with a higher nutrient density and lower water content than your eggs now. She is an extremely hardy bird and the most heat and cold tolerant egg layer available, allowing for year-round outdoor production. An eggshell unmatched in sturdiness and thickness, making cracks a thing of the past. Increase your health and double your egg profits. Of course, we're talking about ducks. Duck eggs are revered by chefs for their succulent flavor and by bakers for being the better baking egg. Learn more about this extraordinary duck, the Golden 300, or any of our other 35-plus breeds of ducks and geese at MetzerFarms.com and order your next flock from us. Ideal Poultry has been a family-owned and operated business since 1937. Their business is built on customer service and quality poultry. From rare white and brown egg layers to broilers, ducks, turkeys, and bantams, Ideal Poultry is the largest supplier of backyard poultry in the United States, shipping close to 5 million chicks annually. Visit them online at IdealPoultry.com. That's IdealPoultry.com. Hello. And now we return to Backyard Poultry with the Chicken Whisperer with your host, Andy Schneider. Okay, so we made some changes on our end, and we had Dr. McCray that called back in, and it sounds like she is back live. I can hear her loud and clear. So as we just kind of roll it, no, 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 it's fine. Um, We're kind of rolling with the punches that Blog Talk Radio is, is dishing us out today, but nonetheless, the information is still. Uh, golden, and we're glad to have her on. So uh, we will continue. If you're just tuning in, my guest today is Dr. Bridget McRae, and we're talking all about molting 101. And so we're moving down the the outline here uh, and uh, and talking about this and why it's important to know uh, about what the birds are going through and how, if anything, we need to do to uh, get them through it. Um. So sorry about that. Um. So. One of the things I forgot to mention when um, when you are looking at birds in general and taking a look at um, new feather production, you have to keep in mind that some birds have specialized molts. Um, if you've ever noticed that during breeding seasons, certain birds look differently than other birds. And that's not necessarily the case with chickens, but there is one specialized molt um, that you need to know about, and that is the brood patch. So when a hen starts to lay eggs and sit on them, um, she's going to do a specialized molt of a patch of feathers on her breast. Because the skin is going to thicken, she's going to increase the the blood flow through that area, but she wants those eggs to come in direct contact with her skin so she can incubate them. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of times during the spring when hens start to think about laying eggs and sitting on them, extension offices across the nation get phone calls. What's wrong with my chicken? It's got a bare chest. What's wrong with it? Well, that's a brood patch. That's supposed to happen. That's what your bird has chosen to do right now. Um, could be that she's just got strong genetics for it, or could be that you need to pick up your eggs more often so that they'll they'll quit doing that. 
Um, so, but also, when we're talking, to to add ahead. to that as well, for other for for a lot of newbies that are that are just starting out, they I've seen this as well have a picture of their hen and it'll have an area around the neck or the back uh, with missing feathers. They'll say, oh, they, they, are they, is this a molt? And it could be just um, an over uh, uh, affectionate rooster um, that is, <laughs> yes. um, uh, that, that's uh, causing Most havoc. Most often on- that's what it is. If you have a rooster and there's feathers missing at the base of the skull or around the comb, mm-hmm. yeah, that rooster doesn't need to be there. Right, right. And also Unless another you're trying one. to breed. All right, there you go. And also another one is people will show, uh, will say the vent area, and and they'll say they're they're missing feathers where they're either it's irritated where other hens are are picking and pecking them out. That hen is picking and pecking her own out, or maybe it's a mite or, or, or a, a, a parasite problem. So that's another issue where might people may see those missing feathers. And normally they'll show that around the vent area. Yeah, mites and lice can cause a thinning of the feathers. Which, you know, and and then, of course, um, feeding improper, improperly balanced feeds can affect the birds, too. So if you're feeding far too much in the way of um, energy, so you're feeding um, excessive amounts of energy to the birds, they're not going to be able to meet their protein requirements, so they'll turn around and eat their own feathers or the feathers of a chicken that is lower on the peck order than they are. So if it's molting season around your coop normally, and you normally have to vacuum out or or rake out just a ton of feathers and you're not seeing it this year, you might have an obesity problem. You might have chickens that are eating their own feathers, and um, that can be a huge problem for your bird. So, you know, you you should see feathers at at one time of the year or another in the coop um, so you know that they're not eating them. Got it. A question just came in, Dr. McRae, wanted to know, um, will um, feather-legged birds or breeds, will they also lose the feathers on their legs or is it just their body? Okay. It's all over the body. So crested birds lose feathers around their crest. Bearded and muffed birds lose feathers in their beard and muffs. And you do need to help those birds um, remove that thin paper-like shaft around the feather, especially crested birds. Um, They don't really have a way to preen that. Um, Mm -hmm. They can kind of scratch at it with their foot, but it certainly does help when you, the human, come along and kind of pull those those shafts off and and help that crest kind of expand out and look as pretty and as possible because you know otherwise that skin around the crest uh, can get a little sunburn in there if uh, if the feathers don't you know fan out to cover up the skin uh, but um, most of your listeners Andy pay a lot of good care and attention to their birds and and already are on top of it with helping their birds, um, any of their crested birds, take care of that problem. Um, and who doesn't just like running their, their fingers through their, their bird's feathers anyhow? They're usually soft and healthy, and um, except for the hard-feathered breed. But uh, there you go. Um, <laughs> one of the m- most um, pressing questions I get about molt is, how do I help my birds? Feed them a balanced diet. There you go. You don't really have to do anything special. Feed them a laying hen diet. (laughs) (laughs) Feed them a laying hen diet because, you know, not only are you, you, not only are you doing this balancing act of, um, okay, I got to feed my chicken so she has the resources to lay those eggs. Great. You've got to feed that diet. And eventually they're going to get to the point where they're like, okay, I have used up my resources. It's time for me to molt. And then she's going to take the calcium from that balanced diet and stick it back into her bones, which is her reservoir, her reservoir for calcium. And if you start to feed all kinds of new things 
and you think you're helping them and you don't have the right amount of calcium, you have just done her a humongous disservice. Keep feeding a balanced laying hen diet and you'll be fine. You'll you'll meet her needs. So um if you if you have any tendency to to want to throw treats out there because they're high in calcium or anything like that, you know, she's going to do fine on the balanced diet because chickens were doing fine on the balanced diet before there were treats to give them. Mm-hmm. So, you know, for the eons that we've been doing this, we know what works. And, you know, save your save yourself a bit of worry. Save yourself some money out of your pocketbook. Um, you know, there are some diets out there that are specifically for um, molt, but I'm not... I'm not sure if they are also for the egg-laying process. I would have to do some more research into that and get folks the information they need. Um, so um, what other questions that people have had I have I not covered yet, Andy? Um, the one with the, uh, the feathered leg we covered. We covered the... Um, extra treats, you know, and cat food and different things like that that people want to throw at them um, uh, regarding the molt. I, I know that you, you, you mentioned it just a second ago and without doing research. Uh, I've done research a couple of times, and I, I use that word very loosely, uh, especially when I have folks like you on, um, but whether it be looking at the ingredients. Done my homework. That's much better. That's much better. Yeah. So I have a, a, a meme that I use a lot of times with a person uh, on Google saying I'm a researcher, but um, <clears throat> exactly. And, and um, that, that the popular feed out there that people would like to reach for during, during the molt, uh, I just encourage you to look uh, at the back of that bag, look at the ingredients, look at the amount of protein versus and how much more it costs versus another well-balanced, nutritionally balanced feed uh, as well. And, and I've done my homework a little bit on that uh, just to see if it's worth the, uh, the extra uh, dollars that it is. So definitely, definitely do that. Um, let me see. If, oh, if you're we'll, selling eggs and you're adding things like that, I definitely think you need to adjust your price so that you're passing that along to the consumer. Right. Exactly. Um the other question was, oh, um, let me see if I can kind of condense this down a little bit. So m- my hens seem to not completely stop laying, but there'll be uh, a long period of time in between eggs. So, so yeah, I guess that's a lazy some, molter. Okay, got it. versus just stopping completely, and maybe I, I'm still getting, you know, I got a flock of ten, and I right. and they're molting, but I, I still get a few eggs here and there. That's that lazy molter that's still. I'm gonna lay today, but and then tomorrow I'll start working on molting again. <laughs> yeah, those are the birds that tend to frustrate small flock owners because they're they for the first year and a half, you know, they they get a good consistent set of eggs usually. Right. And then they get into the second year because these these um, egg laying strains um, are meant to only you know lay for maybe three years max. Um, and then you start to get into the inconsistencies of an older bird and her laying cycle. Here's a fabulous question, and I love this. Um, will would I be more? Um, apt to see an underlying disease present itself uh, during the molting season because they're stressed and, and they're, they're going through this with their body. Uh, they're, they're asking basically, would they be more uh, apt to see ah. a, a, a disease, a disease present Which itself came during first, molting? The chicken or the egg? <laughs> Here's the question. Are your birds molting because they're stressed due to a disease? Or is the disease um, that was, you know, being maintained by the bird, you right. know, subclinically, um, able to come to the surface because the molting stressed the bird? Mm-hmm. Now, how could the molting itself stress the bird? Well, you're not meeting the bird's environmental needs necessarily. Or maybe you're not meeting their dietary needs because you've changed things up. 
Mm-hmm. Good point. Do you see how this could become a very circular conversation? Mm-hmm. Right. That was so a great question. Keep it consistent, folks. Keep it consistent so that you can rule things out if new situations pop up. Awesome. And um, there was another one I saw. Let me, let me turn my paper over here. Um, and it was more of a statement I wanted to, because uh, I guess uh, it was birds can and will molt at any time throughout the year, but primarily late summer, early fall. So we, we could we see a molt? They, they tend to molt about a year to 14 months apart. So okay. if something majorly stresses a bird out, like, you know, you move and you take your birds with you and, you know, you you moved in October. That means next year they're probably going to molt in October or maybe even a little bit later, maybe December. So stressors, um, even if they're environmental stressors, if they're the neighbor dog, the neighbor got a new dog and it keeps you know, going in there and stressing the birds out, they tend to molt about a year out if everything else is kept even. But if you keep stressing the birds out and they find themselves having to molt more often, goodness knows what that's going to mean for your birds. I don't think anybody has an answer for that one. And we'll wrap it up with this last one as we wrap up the hour here. Um, uh, Let's see. She says, um, I've read where I should not handle my birds during the molt, that it can be painful to no. them. Okay. Now, if if a feather breaks and, and you see a bloody feather, that is painful. Um, you know, you can – don't jam your finger into the end of a, a newly <laughs> growing feather because – you know that that will cause your bird pain, um, but the actual process of growing a feather itself isn't necessarily painful. But um, you know, yanking on a feather is painful. So if you're trying to remove that um, thin layer of membrane around that that feather, that shaft, um, you know, don't pull on that. If it doesn't give way easily and readily, don't. Don't work it back to the point that that you're right down there at the base of the follicle. But a bloody feather, the the most painful is when you lose a wing feather or a tail feather, a major large feather. Uh, And those those can be, you know, and and that's with any bird that has flight. Um, Those feathers have large blood supply, and they can bleed quite a bit. Okay, got it. And there's one more I think that's very important. I'm sorry, I want to get this one out here too. Um, is it typical for my birds and molt to – and we covered this a little bit earlier. We talked about eating feathers, but is it is it typical for my, my birds when they're molting to eat their feathers? No. Okay. Something else is wrong. Guess what it is. I would suspect that, that you're not feeding the right thing. Dietary issue again with their diet. Mm-hmm. Okay. Nope, that is it. But I, I thought that was a very good one too, so I wanted to squeak it in there. Dr. McRae, thanks so much for, for coming on. Timely topic, Molting 101. Um, fabulous information uh, that, that you shared with us today, and we'll continue to share this with, with other folks so they can get the right information about, again, uh, raising a healthy flock in their backyard. So we appreciate all you do for us coming on. Uh, twice a month, and we'll see you back here in a couple of weeks. That looks like it's going to be the 17th of October. So we look forward to having you back here. Thanks so much for coming on. Thank you, Andy. You bet. Have a good one. That's going to wrap up our show today, Molting 101 with poultry scientist Dr. Bridget McRae, Ph.D. And don't forget to go check us out uh, over at um, chickenwhispererMagazine.com. Again, I'm really, really, really excited about the um, 
winter issue that's coming out. We got some great articles that are going to be absolutely fantastic. Also, want to share with you guys. Um, you can follow us over on Instagram and, of course, on Twitter. At Twitter, I believe it's at Backyard Poultry. Instagram, The Real Chicken Whisperer, and of course here um, on Facebook and on Blog Talk Radio. So we appreciate that. Go check us out. Cooptastic2020.com. That's cooptastic2020.com. Register um, to make sure you get a room on site there at the facility. It's going to be a fabulous event. You can read all about it, again, at cooptastic2020.com. We'll see you next Thursday right here with poultry veterinarian, Dr. Pateski out at UC Davis. I'm the Chicken Whisperer, and uh, hey, you know what? We will see you next time right here on Blog Talk Radio. This has been Backyard Poultry with the Chicken Whisperer with your host, Andy Schneider. For more information, find us on the web at chickenwhisperer.com, on Facebook by typing in The Chicken Whisperer, on Twitter at Backyard Poultry, and on Instagram at The Real Chicken Whisperer. Thanks for listening.